This is episode 347 of the AWS podcast, released on December 3, 2019. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Lisha here with you. Great to have you back. And it is, of course, the episode post Andy Jesse's keynote, which means I have lots and lots of very cool updates to share with you. Now, it's always challenging for me to record this particular show because I want to kind of dive deep into every single thing. But if I did, we'd have a uh, three to four hour show. So I will spare you with that and try and maintain my excitement and enthusiasm to a relative degree and give you the main things you need to know and then uh, the links so that you can dive deep further on. We also do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And you can maybe share with me which particular services or features you'd like us to deep dive in into a future episode. So let's start with all the new announcements. Firstly, analytics. Customers are telling us that they want to do more with their data than ever before. So we have some great announcements around Amazon Redshift. Firstly, we now have Data Lake Export. This allows you to share data in Apache Parquet format. So you can now unload the result of an Amazon Redshift query to your Amazon S3 Data Lake in Apache Parquet format. This is a very efficient open columnar storage format for analytics. It's up to two times faster to unload and consumes up to six times less storage in Amazon S3 compared to text formats. So what this means is that you can save any data transformations or enrichments that you've done in Amazon Redshift into your Amazon S3 data lake in an open format. Then you can use Redshift Spectrum and other services like Athena, EMR, SageMaker to do analytics. You specify one or more partition columns so that unloaded data is automatically partitioned into folders in your S3 bucket. So this makes it very easy to query, get access to it, et cetera. Speaking of querying, Amazon Redshift now has support for federated querying. This is available in preview. And this allows you to query and analyze data across operational databases, data warehouses, and data lakes. So you can integrate queries on live data in RDS for PostgreSQL, uh, Aurora for PostgreSQL with queries with your Amazon Redshift and S3 environments. So what this is starting to do is let you incorporate live data as part of your business intelligence and reporting applications. And the intelligent optimizer in Redshift pushes down and distributes a portion of the computation directly into the remote operational databases to speed up performance by reducing data moved over the network. Now, Redshift complements the query execution as needed with its own MPP processing And it also makes it really easy to ingest data into Redshift because you can query operational databases directly, apply transformations on the fly, and load data into the target tables without having to have complex ETL pipelines. Now, this is available to all Redshift customers for preview at the moment. And the other big thing that Amazon Redshift introduced was the new RA3 nodes with managed storage. Now, these enable you to scale and pay for compute and storage independently, allowing you to size your cluster based only on your compute needs, so you can analyze data even more cost-effectively. Now, these nodes are built on the AWS Nitro system and have high bandwidth networking and performance indistinguishable from bare metal. These nodes use very large, high-performance SSDs as local caches. And they also leverage your workload patterns and advanced data management techniques, things like fine-grained data eviction, uh, intelligent data prefetching, et cetera, to provide that performance of local SSD while scaling storage automatically to S3. Now, the good thing is, is that the RA3 nodes are fully compatible with all your existing workloads. 
So you can snapshot and migrate into a new RA3-based cluster. You can create a brand new one as well. These are generally available in Ohio, North Virginia, North California, Oregon, Seoul, Singapore, Sydney, Tokyo, Frankfurt, Ireland, and London regions, and additional regions coming in the coming months. If you're doing a lot of search and you like to use the Amazon Elasticsearch service, we're very excited to announce the ultra-warm tier of storage for the Amazon Elasticsearch service. This is available in preview, and it takes a new approach to providing hot warm tiering in the service, offering up to 900 terabytes of storage at an almost 90% cost reduction over existing options. This is a seamless extension into the Amazon Elasticsearch service experience. So you can query and visualize across both hot and ultra warm data from your Kibana interface. Ultra warm data can be queried using the same APIs and tools used today. It also supports the popular Amazon Elasticsearch features like encryption at rest and in flight, integrated alerting, SQL querying, and more. So an example of how you might use these two particular tiers, the hot tier could be used for indexing, updating, and providing the fastest access to data, whereas UltraWarm complements the hot tier and adds support for higher volumes of older, less frequently accessed data to enable you to take advantage of lower storage cost. This is available in preview to all customers in North Virginia, Ohio, and Oregon regions, and more will be coming. So let's talk about compute. There've been some amazing new updates in this space. We have the new Amazon EC2 M6G, C6G and R6G instances. Now these are powered by the next generation ARM-based AWS Graviton2 processors. Now these have delivered up to 40% improved price performance over the current generation M5, C5 and R5 instances across a broad range of workloads, particularly things like application servers, open source databases, in-memory caches, gaming servers, electronic design automation, HPC and video encoding, just to name a few. These are powered by the new AWS Gravitron 2 processors. These use a 64-bit ARM Neoverse cores and custom silicon designed by AWS. This uses seven nanometer manufacturing technology, which is pretty cool. And it provides several performance optimizations over our first generation. Things like seven times performance, four times the number of compute cores, two times larger private caches per core, five times faster memory, and two times faster floating per point performance, I should say, per core. Also, they have always on fully encrypted DDR4 memory to further enhance security and 50% faster per core encryption performance. It also supports custom hardware acceleration for compression workloads and optimized instructions for faster CPU-based machine learning inference. Now, the good news is most applications built on Linux using open source software can easily run on different architectures. So you can use this straight away. Some of the uh, distributions that are already supported include Amazon Linux 2, Ubuntu, Red Hat Enterprise Linux, SUSE Linux Enterprise Server, Fedora, Debian, FreeBSD, as well as the Amazon Corretto distribution of OpenJDK. Also container services like Docker Desktop, Amazon ECS, Amazon EKS, and agents like CloudWatch Systems Manager and Amazon Inspector. The M6G instances are now available in preview and the others will be generally available in the coming months. So customers are doing a lot more machine learning type activities and they're looking for the most optimal way to run them. So we're happy to introduce the Amazon EC2 INF1 instances or INF1 is the way I'm going to call them from now on. These feature up to 16 AWS Inferentia chips, which are high-performance machine learning inference chips designed and built by AWS. And we also couple those chips with the latest custom second-gen Intel Xeon scalable processors and up to 100 gigabits per second of networking to provide high-performance inference. Now, this powerful configuration lets INF1 
instances deliver up to three times higher throughput and up to 40% lower cost per inference than Amazon EC2 G4 instances, which are already the lowest cost instance for machine learning inference available in the cloud. So if you're doing machine learning type applications, this is the way to go. Now, it's actually quite easy to deploy your machine learning application into these instance types. Once your model is trained, you can use AWS Neuron, which is an SDK for running inference using AWS Inferentia chips that consists of a compiler, a runtime and profiling tools. Now, this is pre-integrated into popular machine learning frameworks, including TensorFlow, PyTorch and MXNet to deliver optimal performance of EC2 Inf1 instances. You can also deploy them using the AWS Deep Learning AMIs and it'll also be available as a managed service using Amazon SageMaker, EKS, and ECS as well. These instances come in four sizes and are currently available in North Virginia and Oregon and will extend to other regions soon. Now, one of the great benefits of using cloud is that you get to alter your compute usage as you go, but how do you know if you're using your compute in an optimal way? Well, we're very pleased to announce the AWS Compute Optimizer. This is a machine learning based recommendation service that makes it really easy for you to make sure you're using the optimal AWS compute resources. So Compute Optimizer delivers EC2 instance type and size recommendations for standalone EC2 instances in the M, C, R, T and X instance families. It also will provide you recommendations for auto scaling groups with a fixed group size where all the member instances are the same instance type and size and also where they belong to those M, C, R, T and X instance families. This is now available in five AWS regions at no additional cost and more coming soon. This gives you a really easy way to identify any waste in your environment and to make actionable changes from the console. So the way customers are consuming compute constantly changes and we're very excited to introduce some new capabilities in this space. Firstly, we're introducing the AWS Local Zone in Los Angeles, California. This is a new type of AWS infrastructure deployment that places compute, storage and other select services closer to customers. This is particularly important when we want to give developers the ability to run applications that require single digit millisecond latencies to end users, in this case, in Los Angeles. So this local zone lets you run things like EC2, VPC, EBS, FSx, Amazon load balancing, etc. Uh, and it also lets you seamlessly connect to the full range of services into the Oregon region as well. Now this is an opt-in type situation, so if this is something you're interested in, check out the show notes for the link and you can opt in to take advantage of that local zone. Another new capability is something called AWS Wavelength. And this embeds AWS compute and storage services at the edge of telco providers 5G networks and provides seamless access to the breadth of AWS services in the region. So what this lets you do is build applications that serve mobile end users and devices, again with single digit millisecond latencies over 5G networks. Things like games, live video streaming, machine learning inference at the edge, augmented and virtual reality. So this provides a consistent developer experience across multiple 5G networks around the world and it lets you build that next generation of these ultra low latency applications using services you're very familiar with. So you simply extend your VPC to a wavelength zone and create AWS resources like EC2 and EBS as well. Now, AWS is partnering with leading telco companies around the world, including Verizon, Vodafone, SK Telecom, NTT Docomo, and KDDI to launch wavelength across North America, Europe, Japan, and South Korea in 2020. More info on the AWS wavelength page. We're also very happy to announce the general availability of AWS Outposts. So yes, it is available. And this is ideal for workloads that need low latency access to on-premises applications or systems, local data processing, or for local data storage needs. So you can now run Amazon EC2, EBS, container-based service like ECS and EKS. You could also run uh, RDS on AWS Outposts. That's available in preview. Or analytics services such as Amazon EMR as well.
You can also connect to the broad range of services and tools available in the local AWS region, so things like DynamoDB, CloudFormation, CloudWatch, CloudTrail, Beanstalk, Cloud9, etc., and you run it like you would run your AWS environment today. Now you can order your outpost by logging onto the management console and choosing a pre-validated outpost and the mix of EC2 and EBS capacity that you're looking for. The infrastructure is delivered, installed, managed and monitored by AWS, so it takes away the need to manually administer, upgrade and patch your on-premises infrastructure. So starting today, AWS Outposts can be installed and operated in the following countries. The United States of America, all EU countries, Switzerland, Norway, Australia, Japan and South Korea. And a really exciting update for those of you who are right into the container-based world, you can now use Amazon Elastic Kubernetes Service or EKS to run Kubernetes pods on AWS Fargate. Now this is the serverless compute engine built for containers on AWS. This makes it much easier to deploy and run because you don't have to worry about the right sizing of the compute capacity because AWS Fargate does that for you. Essentially, these will run as Kubernetes pods as part of an Amazon EKS cluster. The, using Fargate, the Kubernetes pods run with just the compute capacity they request, and each pod runs in its own VM-isolated environment without sharing resources with other pods. You only pay for the pods you run when they run, which improves the utilization and cost efficiency of your apps without any additional work. Now, this support is available in Virginia, Ohio, Ireland, and Tokyo regions, with more to come. And a really interesting security-related update around EC2 is something called AWS Nitro Enclaves. Now, we've spoken about Nitro in the past in terms of the benefits it provides to the security of EC2 instances. AWS Nitro Enclaves enable customers to create isolated compute environments to further protect and securely process highly sensitive data, such as personally identifiable information, healthcare, financial, and intellectual property data within the Amazon EC2 instances. Nitro Enclaves uses the same Nitro Hypervisor technology that provides CPU and memory isolation for EC2 instances. Now, this helps re customers reduce the attack surface for their most sensitive data processing applications because it gives you an isolated, hardened, and highly constrained environment to host security-critical applications. Nitro Enclaves includes cryptographic attestation for your software so you can be sure that only authorised code is running, as well as integration with KMS so that only your enclaves can access sensitive material. Essentially, these enclaves are virtual machines attached to EC2 instances that come with no persistent storage, no administrator or operator access, and only secure local connectivity to your EC2 instance. This is currently a pre-announcement, but something to start getting your mind around so that you can see how this might suit your particular environment. Some great storage updates to share. Amazon S3 access points now make it much easier to manage access at scale for applications using shared data sets on S3. So with S3 access points, you can easily create hundreds of access points per bucket, each with a name and permissions customized for the application. So this is a brand new way of provisioning access to shared data sets. Whether you're creating an access point for data ingestion, transformation, restricted read access or unrestricted access, this takes away a lot of the work in terms of creating and maintaining those access rules. These S3 access points are unique host names that you create to enforce distinct permissions and network controls for any request made through the, the access point. The policies related to this also allow enforcing permissions by prefixes and object tags so you can limit the object data that can be accessed. And any S3 access points can be restricted to a VPC, so firewall S3 data access within your private networks. And AWS service control policies can be used to ensure all access points in an organization are VPC restricted. This is available in all AWS regions, including the GovCloud US regions at no additional cost. Also related to S3 is the new Access Analyzer for Amazon S3. 
This allows you to review your access policies. This ensures that policies provide only the intended access to your S3 resources. So the Access Analyzer for S3 evaluates your bucket access policies and enables you to discover and swiftly remediate any buckets with potentially unintended access. Again, this is available at no additional cost in the S3 Management Console for all commercial AWS regions, excluding the China-Beijing region and the China-Ningxia region. And it's also available through APIs in the AWS GovCloud US regions. A really exciting database announcement, we're announcing Amazon Managed Apache Cassandra service is now in preview. So this is a scalable, highly available and managed Apache Cassandra compatible database service that lets you run your Cassandra workloads in the AWS cloud using the same Cassandra application code, Apache 2.0 license drivers and the tools that you run today. So suddenly you don't have to provision, patch or manage your servers. You don't have to install, maintain or operate software. Tables can scale up and down automatically based on actual request traffic with virtually unlimited throughput and storage. It also gives you consistent single digit millisecond performance at any scale. The tables are encrypted by default and data is replicated across multiple AWS availability zones for durability and high availability. And of course, you can manage access to your tables using IAM and keep your applications running smoothly with integrated logging and monitoring. This is now in preview, so take a look. So we have many customers around the world who are really diving into machine learning and seeing how they can apply that into their own environments. And as customers start to do this work, they start to say, well, hey, how can we make this easier and more accessible? Well, the Amazon SageMaker team have been hard at work for our customers and have a huge number of releases to help just this issue. So let me run you through them really quickly. Firstly, we're pleased to announce Amazon SageMaker Studio. This is the first fully integrated development environment for machine learning. And this is a really nice, easy, visual way in one place to unify all the tools needed for ML development. So developers can write code, track their experiments, visualize data, perform debugging and monitoring, all within a single integrated visual interface, which significantly boosts developer productivity. Now, all the steps of the ML workflow are tracked within the environment. So you can quickly move back and forth between the steps that you're working towards. So you can clone, you can tweak, you can replay them. It gives you the opportunity to experiment and make changes quickly, observe outcomes and iterate faster. This is really, really important when reducing time to market for high quality ML solutions. The Amazon SageMaker team are also previewing Amazon SageMaker Notebooks, where you can get an enhanced notebook experience that lets you easily create and share Jupyter Notebooks without having to manage any infrastructure. You can also quickly switch from one hardware configuration to another, which makes it nice and easy. Also, there's now Amazon SageMaker Experiments, where you can organize, track, and compare thousands of ML jobs. These could be training jobs, data processing, and model evaluations, etc., that you've run, and this lets you optimize your workflow and understand where you are with your particular analysis process. Things also don't always go right. So there is now Amazon SageMaker Debugger where you can debug and analyze complex training issues and receive alerts. It automatically introspects your models, collects debugging data and analyzes it to give you real-time alerts and advice on ways to optimize your training times and improve model quality. And all information is visible as your models are training. So this gives you a great set of options to tweak what you're doing. Another new capability is the Amazon SageMaker Model Monitor. And this lets you detect quality deviations from deployed models and receive alerts. You can easily visualize issues like data drift that could be affecting your models and you don't need any code, it's just a few clicks. This is really important because you want your model to be accurate and to evolve over time. If you're drifting out of where you want to be, you'd like to know, the Model Monitor tells you. And also the Amazon SageMaker Autopilot lets you build models automatically with full control and visibility. It does algorithm selection, data pre-processing and model tuning all taken care of automatically as well as managing all the infrastructure that you need. 
So what this does is allows you to combine all the components you need to create a really effective ML workflow to build, train and deploy and iterate on those machine learning models. Now there are lots of blog posts around uh, these capabilities, so you can check them out. The SageMaker Studio is available today in US East Ohio. More places to come. Give it a try and share some feedback on the forum. Another new capability in the machine learning space is Amazon Augmented AI, also known as Amazon A2I. This makes it easy to build the workflows required for human review of ML predictions. So A2I brings human review to all developers, removing the undifferentiated heavy lifting with building human review systems or managing large number of human reviewers. So many machine learning applications require humans to review low confidence predictions to make sure results are correct. So for example, you may extract information from some scanned mortgage application forms, but you might need human review in the case of low quality scans or poor handwriting. And I am guilty as charged when it comes to the poor handwriting. But building the actual human review system could be time consuming because you've got to create processes and workflows, et cetera, et cetera. Now you don't have to. Amazon ATI gives you built-in human review workflows for common machine learning use cases, things like content moderation, text extraction for documents, which allows predictions from Amazon Recognition and Amazon Texttrack to be reviewed really easily. You can also create your own workflows for ML models built on Amazon SageMaker or any other tools. If you work in a space where fraud detection is something you're challenged with, the Amazon Fraud Detector is a new fully managed service that makes it easy to identify potentially fraudulent online activities, things like online payment fraud, the creation of fake accounts, etc. Again, we're using something like uh, 20 years of fraud detection expertise from AWS and Amazon.com to help you identify potentially fraudulent activity so that you can catch more fraud faster. Basically, with Fraud Detector, you can create a fraud detection model with just a few clicks and you don't need any ML experience because it handles all the ML heavy lifting for you. This is currently available in the US East North Virginia region in preview, so check it out if this is a domain that you're interested in. And the last ML-related update, we have a new service called Amazon Kendra. And this is really intended to reinvent enterprise search. This is a new highly accurate and easy-to-use enterprise search service powered by machine learning. It provides you with a more intuitive way to search using natural language and gives you more accurate answers so your end users can discover information stored in the vast amount of content in your organization. So for example, you can ask things like, how long is maternity leave? And get a specific answer such as 14 weeks or how do I configure my VPN? And get a specific passage extracted from a document describing the process. Now Kendra is available as a console application for setup and administration workflows, as well as an API for additional flexibility. The preview offers built-in connectors for SharePoint Online, Amazon S3 and databases, or you can use the Kendra API to ingest data from other sources. For GA, it will offer additional connectors for other popular data sources like Box, Dropbox, Salesforce and OneDrive. Once your data is ingested, you can immediately test your search on the console and you can deploy search components to your application with code samples that are provided in the console. Now, Amazon Kendra is optimized to find accurate answers from specific domains such as IT, pharmaceutical, insurance, energy, industrial, financial services, and more. And the models are periodically updated for each customer by capturing end-user search patterns and feedback, making sure that it stays relevant to what you're doing in the enterprise. Some existing customers like Woodside, 3M, and Sage are already discovering some of the power they can get from using this. This is available in preview today in the AWS console and via the SDKs and CLI in North Virginia, Oregon and Ireland regions. Of course, networking is always important to all of our customers and we have some great updates in that space. The AWS Transit Gateway now supports inter-region peering. So you can now establish peering connections between transit gateways in different regions. 
Now, this is important because Transit Gateway is a service that enables customers to connect thousands of Amazon VPCs and their on-premises networks using a single gateway. So you only have to create and manage a single connection from a central regional gateway for each, to each Amazon VPC or your on-premises data center or even your remote offices. The ability to peer these transit gateways between different AWS regions means you can extend this connectivity and build global networks spanning multiple AWS regions. Now, traffic using interregion transit gateway peering always stays on the AWS global network and never traverses the public internet. So this helps reduce your threat vectors, so things like DDoS attacks, etc. Also, the interregion transit gateway peering encrypts interregion traffic with no single point of failure, so you're getting a better quality service. This is available in North Virginia, Ohio, Oregon, Ireland, and Frankfurt regions with support for other regions coming soon. And now that you have this ability to connect uh, your global network and create the network of your dreams, you now, of course, have the AWS Transit Gateway Network Manager that lets you centrally manage your global network. You can visualize it very, very easily. It also reduces the complexity of managing these multiple networks. And it provides you a single global view of your private network. You register your AWS Transit Gateways and also your on-premises resources, and then you can visualize and monitor your global network through a centralized operational dashboard. It actually looks pretty fancy. It's a very nice topology diagram. You can monitor your network using CloudWatch metrics. You can use CloudWatch events. You can see topology changes, routing updates, connection changes. If you use an SD-WAN solution from one of our partners, you can also visualize those as well. Now, this is a global service available for Transit Gateways in these regions, which is North Virginia, Ohio, Oregon, North California, Ireland, Frankfurt, London, Paris, Singapore, Tokyo, Sydney, Seoul, Mumbai, Canada, and Sao Paulo. Now, this next update is one that's close to my heart because I've often had customers say, you know what, I really need multicast. Well, guess what? You can now run IP multicast workloads in the cloud using AWS Transit Gateway. It now supports IP multicast traffic between attached VPC connections. Now, multicast delivers a single stream of data to many users simultaneously and is often a preferred protocol to stream multimedia content and subscription data to a group of subscribers. Now, it's easy for you to build multicast applications in the cloud and easily monitor, manage and scale those configurations to hundreds of receivers. This feature is available in the North Virginia region and support for additional regions are coming soon. We're also making accelerated site-to-site -site VPN available which uses the AWS Global Accelerator to improve the performance of VPN connections by intelligently routing traffic through the AWS Global Network and AWS Edge locations. So previously you might get uh, inconsistent performance on your VPN because it's going through the public network. Now what happens is you can enable acceleration and this takes advantage of using the AWS Global Network. Traffic from your customer gateway device is routed through the closest AWS Edge location and then traverses the congestion-free and redundant AWS network to reach your VPN endpoint in AWS. And finally, on the topic of networking, there is VPC ingress routing, which means you can now insert virtual appliances in the forwarding path of VPC traffic. So what this means is you can now associate route tables with internet gateway and virtual private gateways, and you can redirect incoming and outgoing VPC traffic through virtual appliances in your VPC. You can also segment your VPC traffic based on individual workloads and route this traffic through different virtual appliances. So you can create this fine-grained network and detailed security policies for each workload. There are lots of appliances in the AWS marketplace or you can use custom virtual network functions for specialized network and security features. This is available in all AWS commercial and GovCloud US regions at no additional charge. Now, if you've been a longer-term listener to the AWS podcast, you would have heard some of our special episodes around provable security. 
and related to this, we're very pleased to announce a couple of new services. Firstly, the AWS Identity and Access Manager Access Analyzer, or IAM Access Analyzer. This is a new feature that makes it simple for security teams and administrators to check that their policies provide only the intended access to resources. It allows you to granularly control who has access to what and make sure that what is happening is what you intended to happen. The analyzer continuously monitors policies for changes, meaning customers no longer need to rely on intermediate manual checks in order to catch issues as policies are added or updated. You can also proactively address any resource policies that violate your security and governance best practices around resource sharing, and you can also protect the resources from unintended access. You get comprehensive detailed findings through the AWS IAM S3 and Security Hub consoles and also through the APIs. And you can also export the findings for auditing purposes. Now, the nice thing about IAM Access Analyzer is it uses a form of mathematical analysis which we call automated reasoning. And this applies logic and mathematical inference to determine all possible access paths allowed by a resource policy. So this means it can analyze hundreds or even thousands of policies across an environment in seconds and give you comprehensive findings about resources that are accessible from outside the account. This is what we call provable security. And again, those podcasts dive deep into this domain. However, this service really gives you that simple visibility of who can access what. And the IAM Access Analyzer is available at no additional cost in the IAM console and through APIs in all commercial AWS regions and also through the APIs in the AWS GovCloud US. Another security-related service that's available in preview is something called Amazon Detective. And this makes it easy to analyze, investigate, and quickly identify the root cause of potential security issues or specific activities. So what this does is automatically collects log data from your AWS resources and using machine learning, statistical analysis, and graph theory, it builds a linked set of data that enables you to easily conduct faster and more efficient security investigations. The benefit here is that it can analyze trillions of events from multiple data sources like VPC flow logs, CloudTrail, GuardDuty, and it will create a unified interactive view of your resources, the users, the interactions between them over time, et cetera. And this helps you have one specific context to analyze what might be going on. You can drill down into history. It really is a very powerful feature. During the preview period, it'll be available in North Virginia, Ohio, Oregon, Ireland, and Tokyo. Something really fun to look at. Another really interesting capability here in the world of customer engagement is a new capability called Seneca for Amazon Connect. Now, Amazon Connect is a service that's built around contact centers and it's proved really popular with our customers who want to deliver a really modern experience for their own customers. Seneca for Amazon Connect is a set of natively integrated AI analytics capabilities for Amazon Connect that gives contact centers the ability to understand the sentiment of customer conversations to improve that customer experience and identify crucial customer feedback. So you can start to discover emerging themes and trends from those conversations. You can do fast full text search on calls and chat transcripts if you get customer issues. You can also improve performance by doing more detailed chat specific and call specific analytics. So this is coming in mid 2020 and allows non-technical staff to use the power of AI in just a few clicks. You don't need any coding or ML experience. Uh, as a side note, it also completely ruins a really effective demonstration I have where I integrated all the ML stuff into Amazon Connect. It's now done for you, and I'm very happy for everyone. And finally, if you're a developer, there's a developer tools update, a really cool one, actually. This is a new service called Amazon Code Guru, and this is a new machine learning service for development teams who want to automate their code reviews, identify the most expensive lines of code in their applications, and receive intelligent recommendations on how to fix or improve their code. So even for the grizzled engineers, uh, of which I like to count myself, um, it can be hard to figure out what's going on just by reading 
the code or analyzing the code. And I admit in the old days when I was doing COBOL development, we used to sit in a room together, five of us, and we would go line by line through COBOL code and tick each line where we were happy with it. Uh, Surely there's a better way. The good news is there is a better way. So CodeGuru Reviewer will detect and flag wide-ranging issues in source code, so thread safety issues, unsanitized inputs, inappropriate handling of sensitive data, resource leaks. It also will help you detect deviation from best practices for using the AWS APIs and SDKs. It will also flag common issues that lead to production issues, so things like missing pagination or error handling. I'm going to get quite on that one. And it's always looking for performance optimizations and recommending fixes. So things like expensive recreation of expensive objects, uh, deserialization, use of inefficient libraries, excessive logging. It also runs in production. So this is using the CodeGuru profiler, consuming minimal CPU capacity. So it doesn't significantly impact application performance. To get up and running, you just associate your existing code repositories on GitHub or AWS CodeCommit with CodeGuru. You can start profiling your application itself by installing a small agent using code that CodeGuru provides and configuring it in the console. It's available in preview in North Virginia, Ohio, Oregon, Ireland, and Sydney. Get into this one. I think this is a really useful tool and will be fascinating to see the kinds of things it can discover in our code. Woo. So that's a big summary of all the things that were announced in the keynote. I hope there was something exciting for you. We'll do more episodes in the coming days. We do love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.